You're listening to the Horizons Church Podcast. Hey. Hey. Hey, hey, hey. How you doing, man? I'm great. I'm glad to hear it. How are you? I'm very excited, actually. I got kind of this nervous energy. Nervous energy? Yeah. <laughs> Ethan Bolton, guest today. To Why? <laughs> Host as per usual. Why do you have this nervous energy? Because we are doing something new. We're doing something new? I mean, a bit. You know, it's the podcast. Bum. But we're starting, can I reveal? Yes. We're starting kind of a, a series within the podcast. A new series starting uh, now. Yeah. That was my angel voice. That was that was, was my excited was spontaneous. We're starting point. a new a yes. new series. What are we calling it? What are we calling this new series? Creative commentary. Creative commentary, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. Hosted by yours truly. Yes. Josiah. And Ethan. How you doing? Yeah. So no, for real. We're really excited about this. So our thinking for this was we want our folks to have a deeper understanding of the story of the Bible so that you can also have a richer appreciation for the stories of life. Mm -hmm. And in that way, you can better love God and better love your neighbor. And uh, the kind of brain spawn for this series kind of came out of uh, what Ethan and I both love, uh, mm -hmm. which is the Lord and scripture and, uh, and culture <laughs> you know, and, uh, and stories like uh, movies, books, mm -hmm. poems, songs, all those kind of things. So here's what we're going to be doing. All right. All that to say, what we're going to be doing is we're going to be taking a look at the Bible and we're going to be taking a look at culture and we're going to be seeing how those two intersect. So before we get too far along at explaining what I mean by that, I'd like to open with a caveat. Oh, okay. And here's a caveat, okay? <laughs> Just so we get this out of like out in the open, we're all clear, all right? We will be talking about certain cultural edifices. Is that a word? Edifices? Yeah, I mean, probably. you know, cultural edifices, you know, like movies, songs, mm -hmm. books, mm -hmm. etc. Some of those cultural edifices, you know, they may not be your thing. Yeah, that's that's the thing that's absolutely fair. Um, this is not like um, a unilateral recommendation from Horizons Church proper. Like that's not the goal of right. it. But we're talking about things these these edifices, as you said, they're like um, they're cultural staples. They're relevant. They're things that are going on in the world that you may be privy to, and perhaps you may even benefit from. And we want to acknowledge that and kind of get into it. Yeah. So I would say I would say yeah. this: do your research. Yeah. Don't like just be like, oh, they were really excited about that plot line. Really do yourself a favor, do some research to see if it is, in fact, for you. Yes, exactly. And then we can just all be happier. Yes, we will all be happier. So here's what we're going to be doing over the course of this series. The first thing we're going to be getting into is basically diving into this concept called biblical theology. And mm -hmm. here's why we're doing that. Biblical theology, if you were to summarize it, and I'm going to, I'm going to, like most things in life, right, we only have limited time, so I have to grossly oversimplify some things. So if you have any problems with my definitions, you can email them to podcast at horizonschurch.net, <laughs> okay? <laughs> but if you were to simplify what biblical theology is, biblical theology is simply looking at the plan, purpose, and person of God as revealed in the Bible is revealed in scripture. So what we're doing when we're talking about biblical theology, okay, let me let me compare it to systematic theology. <laughs> Just learning, as a comparison. I'm learning all right? as we go. So I, I think most of us 
even if it's just a surface level, have a grasp of what systematic theology is. That's looking at questions that have to do with God and the world and the Bible and things like that. And what you do is you ask those questions like, how are we saved? You would ask that question and then you would go to the Bible and try to find answers to it. And then you would systematize that. You would put it into a system that says, oh, well, uh, we will consult, you know, the book of Ephesians and see that we're saved by grace alone, through faith alone, and Christ alone. You would organize that then into systematic questions, answers, and you get systematic theology. It feels like a bit, well, based on that, it feels to me like very direct and linear. Right, yes. It's very linear, very systems oriented, very much here's this piece, here's that piece, and we're going to put them together into a system so that you have this big system and it all kind of fits together, right? Biblical theology, on the other hand, is you're just letting the Bible kind of unfold itself and you are letting it unfold what it wants to unfold when it wants to unfold it. So if you went to a systematic theology, you could get the entire theology of creation and sin in one section, ideally, right? And it'll pull from every book of the Bible, all kinds of different scripture references. Biblical theology, if you're doing a biblical theology of the book of Genesis, for instance, you're not going to get all of what scripture has to say on creation and sin in the book of Genesis. Okay. What you're going to get if you do a biblical theology of Genesis is you're going to see what the particular book of Genesis has to say about creation and sin and about God and his purposes, his plans, and who he is as a person and who we are so it, as people. It, like, it marinates more in a specific kind of... Right, right. And so you have different focuses and different themes reappearing. Okay. And biblical theology is kind of concerned with those things. Again, this is a, that's, that's a gross simplification. <laughs> I wouldn't know any better. Um, but that's kind of what we're looking at. So you could also think of it as biblical theology kind of trains us to read the world and the stories of the world from the Bible's perspective and from scripture's perspective rather than the other way around. Um, So rather than reading scripture in light of the world's stories, we're reading the world's stories in light of the authority of scripture and who, Mm -hmm. who God is and who Jesus is and how those all come together. So that's what we're looking at when we're talking about biblical theology. And so our plan for this is we're going to go, book by book, right? Because that's how biblical theology ideally works is you're looking at every book and how it contributes to the overall story of the Bible. And the reason we're going this avenue is because you have the Bible, which is God's special revelation, right? Mm -hmm. That's a specific revelation of who he is. And then you have what theologians call natural revelation, which is what we would say is creation, right? Yeah, you yeah. Um, you have Psalm 119. I think it's Psalm 119 or is it Psalm 19? Uh, blanking on that. But anyway, in somewhere in the Psalms, the <laughs> psalmist said the, the heavens declare the glory of God. Paul talks about that in Romans 1 and 2, how um, creation kind of reveals who God is. Mm-hmm. That's called natural revelation. Well, we kind of see culture as an extension yeah. of that natural revelation. Would you say that's fair? I would feel pretty comfortable submitting that, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. What in like the product of human creation as we kind of mimic our creator kind of contributes to that in the same way. Yeah. And so it's not always like, and just as we're being clear, we're not saying that, uh, you know, the latest blockbuster movie is a direct revelation of who God is, that it's not, you know, it's not on par with scripture. What we're saying is there are, there are certain points of intersection between. Intentional or not. Yeah. Exactly, that there are certain points of intersection between what 
God is saying to us in the Bible about himself and what nature and culture and art are saying to us about God. And they intersect in these moments of truth and beauty Mm -hmm. and goodness. They intersect at moments where they reveal who we are as people astutely. And in those moments where they intersect, I think they both kind of come together and we learn more about who God is and who we are. And that is not as far flung an idea as it might sound because Paul, the apostle Paul, the arguably greatest theologian who ever lived, greatest pastor, you know, of course, all outside of Jesus Christ, who was the supreme <laughs> example of those. Right? Don't, don't at me, man. Don't, don't accuse me of heresy up in here. You think about when Paul was speaking to the Greeks at the Areopagus in Acts chapter 17, mm-hmm. right? He doesn't go in there and preach what we would consider a sermon to them. What does he do? He goes in <laughs> and he starts quoting Greek Poets, Greek poems, which, by the way, these Greek poems that, and here's here's why he's quoting them. He's trying to speak to them about the one true God. Here's the context, all right? Paul goes into the Areopagus at Athens, and he sees that they have this temple to the unknown God, right? Mm -hmm. Because they have all these other, you know, That's esoteric. Yeah, like they got all these temples to all these other gods, and they thought, well... You know, out of the pantheon of gods we worship, there might be one we missed. That's so, pretty fair. I mean, that's, yeah. that's forethought. Yeah, you know, part. they're at least, they're being thoughtful. Thinking, yeah. We may not know all things, you know, right? Not all the I gods are there. Um, so they have this temple to the unknown god, and Paul sees us, and he's like, that's my opportunity. And so he goes in, and he's like, I can see you're religious in every way, uh, you Athenians. So, he's, you know, he's kind of complimenting them. And they were. They were very religious people. Mm-hmm. And then he says, I notice you have a temple to the unknown god. Well, I'm going to proclaim him to you. And you expect Paul, right? Up to this point, Paul has been reasoning from the scriptures and he's been quoting, you know, Old Testament prophets and Psalms. And you kind of, if you're reading this the first time, which I doubt most of us listening could go back and have this experience again. But if you're reading this for the first time, what you'd expect him to do is quote the prophets and the Psalms. He doesn't do that. (laughs) He starts quoting the Greek poets. That's right. And those poems that he quotes in there, um, I think one of those lines goes, uh, for through him, we live and move and have our being. Another one is for we are indeed his offspring, right? He's quoting them to try to show them that's true of the one true God. Mm-hmm. But the interesting thing is that those poems were written to exalt probably Zeus. Zeus. What? What? Yeah. You mean Paul's going to steal these poems that were meant to exalt Zeus? There was no intent when Erasmus, I can't remember. I can't remember who wrote those poems, who they think that wrote those poems. Point being, whichever Greek poet wrote those poems, there was no intent in their heart to no. exalt Jesus. the God of Israel yeah. or Jesus, right? They're exalting Zeus, probably. And probably. Paul comes in here and he's like, well, actually, what they don't realize is that deeper in their hearts, there's something crying out for the one true God. And I'm going to highlight I'm going to highlight that, right? He didn't quote the entire poems verbatim, and he didn't try to say, oh, these guys are actually worshiping the one true God. Oh, yeah, that's annoying. Right? You can't. It would just be incorrect. Yeah, like that's, do not. Yeah, he's not trying to deceive them. Right. Or pull a fast one. Right. He's just highlighting, like what we were saying, there's a place where. He's drawing it out of the culture in a way that is is meaningful and effective right. and impacting. Um, and that's a further reflection of the fact that goodness and beauty and truth, we believe as Christians, those ultimately flow from God, that those are gifts from God. Mm-hmm. And therefore, where they appear in culture, whether the creator of them in the culture is a worshiper of the one true God or not, we can still acknowledge that truth and that beauty and that goodness because it comes from God. Mm -hmm. And so that's what 
that's what Paul is doing here. And he's, he's trying to show these people, hey, there's truth. There's deeper truth even in what this Greek poet is saying uh, when he's trying to worship <laughs> Zeus than you may realize. And he, what Paul is trying to do, of course, is argue that they ought to worship the one true God and make that temple to the unknown God, the temple to Yahweh. Jesus, maybe not a temple, you know, maybe, maybe he's like, well, you don't need the temple anymore, but you know, that's, but you know, that's the, that's the heart of what you're, you're trying to get at. And so back again to that, you know, we have biblical theology and culture intersecting, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. At truth and beauty and goodness at certain points of that. So what is our job to do then? Our job is to critically Mm -hmm. and analytically think through where and how they intersect, right? Yeah. yeah. So like, I'll just ask you kind of a spur of the moment question. Like when you're when you're watching a movie, yes. for instance, mm-hmm. do you view that as passive entertainment? Oh, no. You know that. <laughs> That's right. I'm setting you up for the, uh, the long answer up. here. Um, because, well, I think a lot of people view certain edifices of culture, like movies or TV shows, as just an opportunity to be passive. Does no, that make yeah. sense? And, I mean, is that the way? Well, it doesn't make sense. In a, no? Okay. It makes What you said makes sense. Your explanation makes sense. That practice does not make sense. Mm-hmm. It's not, I mean, okay, I get why people do it. Yeah. I think we've maybe touched on it before, but right. it robs you of so much. Mm-hmm. Like you're willingly deciding like, I'm going to sit this one out. I'm not going to experience culture and beauty and art and, and grow from that. Like that's such a loss, you yeah. know, like, and I think I could draw some like really ludicrous analogies. It's like, it's like being in a relationship and choosing to not take part. Mm. Like what? Like the point is that you engage you yeah. know what I mean? And the art, be it film or literature, is meant for you to engage and, and grapple with it. And maybe that's not always like pretty, but it should be meaningful. You yeah. know what I mean? You should, I think there should be, I know it's going to like ruffle feathers, but maybe a reverence mm-hmm. to that as yeah. an art form. Because I think there's a lot that can be gleaned from that. Right. And a lot that, like you said earlier, can teach us about ourselves, Yeah, um, can teach us about God, the world that we live in, I think. It's not always common yeah. to experience that in like really affecting ways. But when you do, like, in, for, first of all, just because it's not common doesn't mean you shouldn't try. Right, <laughs> you know? right. It's always worth looking for and you'll find it in different ways and different degrees. But when it like really hits, I think you'll be grateful. Yeah. And it also, I think there are, there are certain things, scripture, biblical theology, going back to that, going back to what we're going to be covering. Biblical theology, if you're approaching scripture and letting scripture kind of unfold who God is and who we are and our place in the world and who God is for us in Jesus, you will know everything you need to know to live a life of faithfulness and godliness. That's that's a promise from God. That's that's in First Peter. That's in a couple other places that I'm blanking on right now. But anyway, that's a promise from God. However, even being the most astute and well-versed student of biblical theology does not mean you're going to know everything there is to know about the world and about who you are as a human. Shout out to you, homeschoolers. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Holla! Sorry. Sorry. (laughs) Because I was one for a while. Hello. Um, But there are certain things, I mean, just as a ludicrous example, okay, another ludicrous example, like like God did not instill calculus into the narrative (laughs) of scripture, right? You're not going to learn calculus and you need like if you're going to engage in certain disciplines Mm -hmm. or you're going to follow certain career paths and you need calculus 
you're not going to learn that from scripture and that's okay. That's not a commentary on uh, you as a person or who God is, right? Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean that God didn't create the systems in the world um, and the the laws that kind of, of math. Govern that. Yeah. yeah, that govern that. It just means that that isn't something that you need from scripture in order to know who God is and to live a life of faithfulness and godliness. But it doesn't mean that that's any less valuable. Exactly, yeah. Perfect, um, yeah. And so... I think culture often functions in a similar mm-hmm. vein. There are certain things that you will learn about the world you live in and who you are as a person in light of who God is that you might not straight away learn from reading through scripture or unfolding who God is through something like biblical theology. And so if you learn how to approach culture critically and analytically. And when I say critically, I don't mean like, you know, well, if it's not, God's not dead, I'm not watching it because it's, you know, of, of Satan. I don't mean critically like that. I mean like analytically, thoughtfully, Mm -hmm. um, not passively. Right. You can learn to, again, you do that. You'll, you'll find the moments where truth and goodness and beauty intersect with Mm -hmm. biblical theology. It very much stands to come alive really right. in a very new way. Yes. That sounds like really sensational, but no, I'm, I'm also I think very it's serious. true. Um, you know, I think can um it can bring certain okay, like here's an example I used um a number of months ago. I watched the movie Lion, which is on Netflix as of this recording. And that's to summarize, it's a story of adoption and family mm-hmm. and how that all functions. Well a huge theme of the New Testament is adoption, uh, being adopted as God's sons, which I am like, I have read about so many times in theology books and in the scriptures. And, you know, I went to Bible college that, that like, I hate to say this, but I mean, it was almost like I'd read that and be like, oh yeah, of course, like we're adopted. Yeah. (laughs) Good for, good for us. You know, um, I watched that movie though. And oh my gosh, it brought this skeletal doctrine of adoption to life and like in an unexpected way mm-hmm. and put this like flesh and blood and heart on it in a way that I was like, I was not ready for. And now when I read Paul saying, you know, we've been adopted as sons, I'm like, whoa, like that has a whole new, they give you a new context. Right. Yes. So those are the moments I think those are so worth pursuing because yeah. they're doing more to help you love God and love your neighbor. Mm-hmm. And if you do it again, thoughtfully, critically, analytically, you will be able to identify the pieces of it. You don't have to swallow a story wholesale, oh, like ex- all of its absolutely. pieces. Like you will right. find parts of it. You're like, okay, like that's a little off. Yeah. Like, and that's where submitting the story to the greater story of scripture is going to help you. And that's in a nutshell, that's in, in a quick episode, uh, describe it. That's our hope is mm-hmm. that you will, you'll love God more deeply and you'll love your neighbor better and you'll you'll discover new things about who you are yes um, yes through the unfolding of who god is in scripture through biblical theology and that you will be able to identify and find those moments those same themes that appear you know maybe in the book of genesis or exodus those same aspects of who god is and who we are and that those will come alive to you in new ways through the ways that uh, artists and people in culture are creating these new stories and Mm-hmm. These themes are coming out in their work, like the Greek poets who thought, you know, we're going to exalt Zeus. And Paul was like, well, there's a little bit of truth in there that actually rings true of who the one true God is. Mm-hmm. That's our hope for you. And we're excited about it. And yes. It's going to be a lot of fun, I think. All right. It's just, it's going to be a ton of fun. And so that's where we're going. That's what we're going to be doing. 
All right, you have any final remarks or thoughts? I don't. I feel good. Yeah, we're excited about this. So, you know, if you want to, you want to share. You know, you're so inclined to do that. You know, you're listening. You're thinking, man, Ed, this could be good, fun. I want to share this with my friends. You know, do it. Yeah, I'm not going to stop you. Leave us that honest five star <laughs> review. I love that. Leave us that honest five star <laughs> review. Um, what well, say? We're really hoping this this content will be uh, helpful to you in a number of ways. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you want to interact with us, all right. You got questions or you think, man, I just want to join in on the conversation. You got some things you'd like to bring up. Maybe you, you're you thinking ahead. You know, listen, here's another thing. If you wanted to like start reading, you know, like you're not getting every detail in the book of Genesis. Like when we do, that's the first episode. We're going to be Genesis, right? You're not going to get all the details of Genesis in the first episode. You're going to get like the broad stroke themes. Like you're going to get basically a roadmap for here's how to read Genesis. So you know, maybe you decide between now and next week, hey, I'll, I'll read through some of Genesis. Yeah. That would be awesome. Um, and if you, like, you have thoughts that come out of that, questions, comments, again, you want to interact with us at any point on these things, email us. Yeah. Podcast at horizonschurch.net. Or hit us up, you know, on social media. We got no, the Horizon no, Church page. No. <laughs> that's, that's I'm going to give out Ethan's personal email address is... <laughs> I'm going to bleep that out. Um you can interact with us like the Horizons Church social media pages, yeah, Instagram. Sure. Um, we're there. Podcast HorizonChurch.net again. Um, if you want to interact with us, and again, leave us those honest five star reviews if you find this helpful. We'd really love to interact with you on these. So we're excited about this, and it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. So be on the lookout for creative commentary. That's the series we're doing, and uh, this is the the foray, the teaser, the, yeah. the trailer. Episode as it were. zero. Zero zero zero. If you want to be like really. You know, at triple zero. I yeah, don't know why. We'll I don't know why people title. do that, you know? <laughs> I say that unironically. Uh, so, yeah. So that's where we're going. And that's all. That's mm-hmm. all we got for now. So thanks for listening. Yeah. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next week for uh, episode one. one of Creative Commentary. We'll be covering the book of Genesis and getting into some interesting and fun stuff there. So thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Mm-hmm.